Welcome to the Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is John. I'm here tonight with my brother, Peter. James is off for the night. Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and your backpack, grab your compass and map, and let's get rolling. Would you start us out with a prayer, Peter? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, open our minds and our hearts to what you have for us today, and bless those listening, bless our families, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So yeah, so it's like this is... Uh, we're heading into one of my favorite times of year. And I, I would guess growing up as a young man, I always, and a, and a boy, I always loved the fall, really loved October. And as I've grown older and, and then become a member of the, the great Holy Roman Catholic Church, the November has become one of my favorite months because it's the end of our liturgical calendar. Right. So it's like, this is great. So it's like December is actually the beginning of the new year. So we were kind of different from the rest of the world, which is one of those good reasons that makes us uh, who we are as Catholics. Right. So it's uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, no, the, it begins with uh, All Saints Day and November concludes with um, the beginning of Advent. So the first Sunday of Advent is the last Sunday of November, and that's the beginning of the new year. And uh, so and if you ever get interested in wanting to know more about that, like this is a volume, volume, uh, let me see. Yeah, this is volume four, which makes sense. It's going to say volume four, but I want to make sure of the liturgy, the hours. And so this is for ordinary time weeks 18 through 34. And so we're right now, we're in the 31st week of ordinary time. And next week's going to be an incredibly fast week, by the way, because it's the 32nd week of ordinary time. So ponder that, the 32nd week of ordinary time. So it's like 30 seconds and it's gone, right? <laughs> So anyway, that's right a joke. My head. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's a Father Clee joke. One of our, one of the great priests from our diocese. He hit me with that a long time ago, right? But, but anyway, um, so we're going to start this program out, kind of talking about some of the great feast days we have, some of the great saints we have. Just kind of talk about that, and then we're going to roll into this idea of uh, uh, self mastery personal mastery we might say right and it has to do with how do we become saints and how do we start working as men and women to become the men that god made us be but uh, so anyway on on uh, november 1st we celebrated all saints day which is a feast and uh, it's it's a holy day of obligation 
for everybody who's uh, Catholic. So uh, that was on Monday, and uh, we all went to Mass. And it's just a celebration of all those saints that uh, that are a great part of our life and our church. Role and, models. Uh, yeah, exactly right. And then November 2nd was All Souls Day when we're celebrating all of our deceased folks, right? And so the deceased folks... Uh, we have we have a well. What do we call? There's a we use kind of some of some battle language about the uh, the church. So the the saints are referred to as the what, what? What? Tell us about that, Peter. The church triumphant. They're the, oh, yeah. the ones that are in heaven, right? All those yeah. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then we still alive in the in the thick of in the thick of it are the church militant, and then those in purgatory presumably are the church suffering. Mm. Yep. So, and, the, and so a lot of those souls that, that are gone now are in one of those positions, right? Either than the, the church, uh, the church triumphant as a saint or, or uh, the church suffering in purgatory. And today is the uh, feast day of, of St. Martin de Pours, who is a really interesting man. He was, he's a, uh, he was an African slave and then, and then he became uh, a Dominican. He lived and practiced his faith in Peru. Really became quite talented in terms of the medical arts and other things. Like he was, he was a barber and a doctor, right? So I'm kind of in a joke. <laughs> you walk into Martin Depore's uh, office, and it's and he'd say to you, "What well, do you want a haircut, or do you want me to take your appendix out today? Which one is it?" Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Martin de Porres is a great saint. Uh, yeah, has a lot of uh, miracles attributed to him. A yeah, really smart man. Uh, November 4th is Charles Borromeo, and he is credited with starting the seminary system for educating young men to become priests, uh, for mm-hmm. parish priests. St. Leo the Great comes up on November 10th. And I believe I'm thinking, okay, he was he was alive in the fifth century, so in the 400s, and I believe he's the saint that um, I think the the Mongolian hordes or or some of the uh, the barbarians were kind of coming down into Rome to sack it, and he basically walked out and met him outside of town and and had a talk with him, and they because of the way he impressed them, they turned around and headed back the other way. And they really? I believe that's that. I believe that's uh, one of the things attributed to Saint Leo the Great. Uh, November fifteenth is Saint Albert the Great, and what a man he is! So he's he was a um, Dominican, and he was the teacher, mentor of the great Saint Thomas Aquinas, who. Uh, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, I mean, he is like, the, and uh, St. Albert and St. Thomas Aquinas are really responsible for bringing that whole, initially bringing that whole idea of faith and reason, faith and science coming together. And St. Albert is, is credited with bringing a lot of the Greek thought into uh, the Catholic Church and, and, and uh, talking about, you know, showing how the, it had, there was a lot of good stuff there. And that, you know, so one might say that if it's true, it's of Christ. And, and that's uh, what, wherever truth comes from, whatever corner it comes from, it's of Jesus Christ. 
Uh, November 21st is the presentation of our Blessed Virgin Mary. And then on November 30th, St. Andrew the Apostle, who is the brother of Peter, who brought Peter to, to see Jesus for the first time. So, of course, I know a lot of you out there have seen The, the Chosen. You can re probably remember that scene in The Chosen, right? So, yeah, that show is so powerful. Isn't it? I think, yeah, it just brings it to life, man. It's just like it really does. It's amazing. It's a great show to watch. And, I love it. Yeah. I kind of like forced my kids to watch it at the beginning. And then, like, it was funny because after like so many episodes, they were like, Dad, let's watch The Chosen. <laughs> yeah, like, there right, you dude, go. They're wanting go. to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really quite a phenomenon. Yeah. And so that's, I think, St. Andrew's on the 30th. But before then, of course, we have Thanksgiving Day, which is the, I believe it's the, it's always the third Thursday of, um, I think it's the third or always the, it's always the third Thursday or always the last Thursday in November. I can't remember which one that is. And we might, uh, that'll be a day that we'll do another presentation and I'd really like to get into George Washington's address for Thanksgiving because it's powerful <sighs> and it's really good stuff. And in fact, a few years ago in uh, St. Mary's Basilica now here in Lancaster, Ohio, uh, Father Eilerman read that as his homily and it was really powerful. It's like, wow, you know, it was, it was really good stuff, very, very uh, faithful and uh, and gives a lot of credit to God for the, the goodness of our country. And, uh, so, uh, so, it, so we're talking about these saints, Peter, or are there some saints that, uh, you're particular, particularly fond of that you, you like to. Yeah. I like think a couple about saints. A, um, I really like, um, St. Lawrence. He's my confirmation saint. He's the guy that was mm. like, um, they were like roasting him to death. And he was like, I'm done on this side. Turn me over. Um, and then another one that's grown on me is just the prophet Elijah, just like relatable, like road to heaven. I mean, not relatable at all. But, like my son's name is Elijah. So like that, um, I wasn't really present or I guess didn't play a big role in naming either of my kids, unfortunately, but through a great blessing and grace, uh, they have beautiful names and I've, I've come to really be fond of the prophet Elijah through that, just that circumstance. And then when you were talking about St. Leo, the great, I don't know if it's him or if it's even a St. Leo, but maybe it's Sebastian, St. Sebastian, the guy tied to a tree and shot with the arrows. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it uh, might be. Mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, uh, that guy has a cool story. Um, but yeah, those are just a couple of mine. What about you, yeah. John? Yeah, I kind of like Elijah too. He wasn't one I was thinking of right out of the gate, but I loved the you know his whole story about uh, challenging the the prophets of Baal and yeah, uh, the four hundred prophets, right? And uh, and then he he basically did them in, right? So he basically yeah. challenged them, smoked them, and then did them in, and then of course the 
that that uh, that it's it's so there's a, a terrible woman in the uh, the story of his story that was sending people men out to kill him right her name was jezebel so it's yeah. kind of interesting that uh, jezebel's been one of those names that's uh come into the lexicon and uh it's like not a good woman right a jezebel was always thought to be a bit jezebel was like she was a she was uh really uh somebody that uh she didn't have a lot of virtue in her life she was like take what you want kill if you need to get it kill somebody to get what you need and and uh, but yeah my so a couple of my favorite saints and i was thinking about this so last week we heard a lot uh, though I wasn't in, in the in the the uh, program last year, but uh, last week Dan Boyden talked a good bit about Saint Joseph. You gotta love Saint Joseph, right? It's Absolutely. Like, I mean, and and I guess since I'm not a let's say a natural father, uh, so I really like Saint Joseph from the standpoint that he represents fatherhood, but he never had his own children, right? And that's yeah. sort of so I so I kind of. Uh, identify with that a lot because I feel like I have a lot of sons. Yeah, I have a lot of brothers, and I have a lot of fathers. Have a big family, a lot of a lot of sons, and and so this uh, so Saint Joseph really resonates big in my heart. But also um, Saint John the Baptist. I mean, yeah, you know, just like <laughs> gnarly tough, right? Going into the wilderness, uh, yeah, just just like saying what needs to be said, and wasn't scared uh, of a thing. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, Laura's done some uh, some sacred art before, and she's done a uh, a uh, a fresco of Saint John the Baptist for me that hangs in our house. So because of that, so I really like Saint John the Baptist and have a piece of art of him. And then the one of the other saints that I like a lot, and you might notice there's sort of a trend in this, but. Uh, is uh, Saint uh, Ignatius of Loyola. And uh, yeah. Saint Ignatius of Loyola was the one who's credited with starting the Ignatian exercises. And it's really pretty cool because uh, the whole story of how he started the Ignatian exercises, which I find to be a very masculine focused intellectual spiritual exercise that he came up with uh, is really neat. But at the same time, he, he so he was a he was a, a soldier, and he actually got blasted by a cannonball in his thigh, and it broke his thigh. And no way! So he, yeah, right. I didn't know and that. Then, yeah, and then he it was broken, and so he went in and had imagine getting surgery and like so this would he was born in 1492, so this is like in the early it's probably 1520 or 1530. These doctors are operating on his thigh and rebuilding it. Well, after after they did that, it didn't look right to him. And he was kind of a pretty boy. He's kind of like, well, this doesn't look right. I don't look as nice as I should. So he had him re-break it and do it again. <laughs> so he'd look better. But, but that's not why he's a saint. So that was before he was a saint. But when he was convalescing in the hospital there were some good women who were around him and they brought him a book of the lives of the saints. And what he noticed as he was reading this book, when he would read about these virtuous good people and the virtuous good deeds, he would end up with this sense of peace and 
goodness that would just it was like flowing out of somewhere right this strength of peace and goodness when he was thinking about these good people and then if he would think about something if he had lustful thoughts or thoughts of greed or you know say the seven deadly sins he noticed that he would have a like a jolt a sugar jolt right the body's like oh that yeah that was that'd really really be cool right but then he noticed and there's a big downfall after that so you realize that there's something about the way we think about things, the way we concentrate on things that has a lot to do with what we should be doing. So he came up with the whole Ignatian exercise system. So, and I've never done this. I, I know one of, uh, one of our friends, Matt Schlater's done the 30 day retreat. So the real thing is a 30 day silent retreat into the Ignatian exercises. My wife, Laura, has been studying those a bit with the uh, Oblates uh, of the Virgin Mary in, in Boston. So she's learned quite a bit about that. But it, it's, a, it's a method in our, of, of concentrating, visual, of visualizing, like, say, the life of Christ and spending a lot of time visualizing uh, the life of Christ, the life of the saints, and really training our brain to think about virtuous good things. So that's a, so which is kind of an interesting idea because it's um, it kind of wraps into some of the other part of our program that we're going to talk about tonight. So obviously, Saint Ignatius of Loyola and I'd say a few other saints believe that the human person need we need to train ourselves to do the right thing. Right. And, yeah. I, and I always kind of like to think about that in relationship to say, like the one parable, the talents. And I think I really believe that that's what Christ is talking about. So as human beings, we've been given certain talents and we're expected to use them and not only use them, but to sharpen them and then increase, you know, increase the Lord's portion that we're going to give back to him through this talent that he's given us to really go into life with a, with an idea that I'm going to in, increase, do better and, and make the world a better place through the talents that the Lord's given me. And I think that's truly an expectation. And so things like the Ignatian exercise kind of trains this raw material that we are as human beings to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it's, um, so with that, I'm kind of thinking we could move into this idea of, uh, well, how do we do that? Right. And that, that's sort of this idea of personal mastery. So we've talked a little bit about that with the seven habits here recently. That's sort of what we're talking about a bit, isn't it? Yeah. I think another good saint that kind of ties in with that is St. Benedict and his mm. rule. That's a solid one. Yeah. He, what? Great, great one, man. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how could I have forgotten that? I'm glad you brought him up. Ora et labora, right? Prayer and work. Yeah. Like and what's so Vina, cool. Right? Yeah. All that. So the idea that, that the work that we're doing is holy. Right. Everything. That, that everything. Everything matters. Everything, right? Like, like how you're going to write your name and how you're going to speak and how you're going to, you know, fix, 
breakfast for your children, you know, yeah. everything matters, right? So it's like that life is holy. Think of it as a, as a holy thing. You know, I, a later day saint, he's deceased now, but Jose Maria Escrava. The I've heard Spanish, of him a lot. Yeah, so he he in, he um, started that whole, um, it's called Opus Dei. And Opus Dei, I believe, is interpreted to mean God's work. And so there's... So and he lived in the early 20th century, probably probably was born in the late 19th century, lived into the 20th. In fact, I think he probably lived up into, uh, gosh, I don't know, the later 20th century. And uh, but but he was one that really thought that the like lay people, the work that we're doing needs to be sanctified and it's God's work. So everything yeah. that we do, you know, if you, if you're, if you're, you know, a truck driver, that's God's work. You know, if you, if you, if you're a man that's uh, like our brother, um, Dan, who's, uh, who's doing um, amazing bathroom and kitchen renovations and stuff like that's God's work, right? If you're a lumberjack, you're doing God's work. Uh, if you're an auto mechanic, a doctor, a lawyer, and so kind of just thinking about that, that's God's work. And how do I treat it like God's work and really approach it like that? And so that, that, so how do we get to that point where we really train ourselves to be the best that we can be, you know, physically, spiritually, and intellectually. So, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some, some ideas about that. And let me see if I can pull something up there. Oh, where'd you go, Pete? You kicked That's, me out. Halfway. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> now, I don't, here, here we go. I don't like yeah. that. How's that. So anyway, for those of you who are just listening and can't see, we're pulling up a, a little uh, slideshow here that's about this concept of personal mastery. And Peter and I and Jim and uh, a, lot of, a lot of the Men of Wilderness Outreach have of use some of these uh, instruments, let's say these leadership instruments, these profile instruments that allow us to think about how we can become better men, better leaders, better fathers, uh, uh, just you know, better better people, and and in, 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 really use our talents the way the Lord wants us to do it. Um, part of that. Um, journey and, and there's a great book written by a couple men out of franciscan university i can't recall their name right now but it's called unrepeatable and uh i know pete's going to write that down because he's going to post it tomorrow or tonight but unrepeatable is a fantastic book and and the thesis of that book is that it's kind of like that we're all made in uh, in god's image but we're unrepeatable and we're different. Everybody on the face of the earth that's ever lived and ever will live is, is unique in a very special way. And that God wants us to engage in the work of his vineyard, of his universe, and do great work, right? And it's like it's up to us to do it. And it's like nobody else is going to do it. If, if, if what we've been created to do doesn't get done, there's a hole left in the universe kind of thing, right? So it's really, it's like this is important stuff. And um, so this idea of unrepeatable is kind of like, yeah, we, we 
you got great stuff, people. Every every darn one of you, boys, girls, older men and women, everybody's got a, got something very special, very beautiful to do to live your life. And you know how do we how do we move forward from that? Figure out what that is, right? And then really sharpen the saw and get really good at it. And uh, yeah. So, um, I think another so, part of that is like that we all have some portion to contribute to other people as well and them finding out their part and how they're going to help other people. So it's like, if we don't do our part and helping them become who they're supposed to be or who God created them to be, could just be high and dry. You know what I mean? And that's a right. Pretty yeah. I mean, that's the, once you become aware well, that's, of that. That's it. Because, you know, we're, we're made to be, to live in community and church, right? right? We're, we're made to be connected. We're not made to be like some isolated nader, nattering nabob of negativity that's hanging out all by himself, not doing anything, but complaining all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, cause we have to understand that we're affecting one another and, and we want to affect one another in really positive ways. I think uh, it, probably in St. Paul, he says, say only the things that will lift people up, right? Yeah, be their blessing, not their curse. Yeah, right, right. So anyway, there's a, a, a couple years ago, went on a hike with a good friend named Matt, and uh, he had me watch a video before we went because it was one of those things he, he wanted to discuss about, but it was really an interesting video. It was about these uh, had nothing to do in a sense with our faith, but it really did. But it was a, it was a video about these people that live, that work in the high tech industry, very well paid, high, high, uh, high paid people. And they were kind of studying well, what, it, what do they do when they go on vacation? And what was interesting is they discovered these people that were really uh, high paid high powered type people in the tech industry, they didn't actually want to go on vacation. In other words, they, they were done with the whole bucket list thing. I want to go to Belize or I want to go to Antarctica or I want to do this and this. What they wanted to do with their time was do something to help some other human being. And some, and a lot of it was like small business to really become, to really get engaged and get moving. So they wanted to donate their time to helping another human being. And so that's kind of this idea that we're, we're going to talk about tonight is there's this movement in our, in our lives that we need to really be shooting for where we're moving from self-awareness to self-possession to the final goal of becoming self-gift. This is the greatest thing that we can do is become a self gift for the other so that we can help them to find what their self gift and their talents so they can really do everything they can do as best as they can do. So that there's that tie in there with it's actually about the other person. It's about this relationship. So starting with that self-awareness. So what self-awareness mean? It's kind of like, well, what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And why am I doing it? That would be part of self-awareness. Or what is it I'm doing that I should be doing and I would like to do more of it? And how can I do that? So that's kind of this 
idea of self-awareness, right? What is it I'm doing and I shouldn't be doing? Stop doing the things I shouldn't be doing. What are the things I should be doing? We'll start doing those, right? And uh, then the next step of that, that's kind of the the self-possession part is when, okay, I'm going to start doing the virtuous things. I'm going to control myself, train myself so that I can do the things that I should be doing. And then I'm going to possess myself in such ways that I stop doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. And part of that whole process is uh, any Catholic that's sitting out there listening to this and saying, oh, yeah, that's where that's where confession's really helpful, right? So getting going to confessions really helps us in that from the self-awareness to that self-possession state. But once we be we we start to be come mastery of ourselves and we become self-possessed in a good way, then that's when we can really turn it on and become self-gift for the other to really help them to become the men and the women that they need to be. A big part of this philosophy of how we do this, of self-mastery, is, is this idea that philosophy is the manservant of theology. And I'll break that down for you a little bit. So philosophy means everything from actually philosophy and logic to science, mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology, uh, anatomy. That's philosophy. And that serves theology. So that, and, and part of that philosophy that 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 corpus of say science is is psychology and there's good psychology and it's just that good psychology that's like how do we train our brains how do we train our intellect how do we train our emotions to be good people that's all part of that philosophy being the manservant of theology and getting us to self-gift so peter and i've done so we'll t- talk a little bit about this uh, this particular aspect. And again, thinking some some of the folks out there are just listening to us and they can't see this. So yeah. what, what have we done here recently? So since we're both on the same similar paths in our life now, John, we uh, have both come to the conclusion that it's good to learn as much about ourselves as we can and, so that we can understand ourselves and become more possessive of ourselves so the first step self-awareness which is something that these these things that we're about to talk about have helped us with and uh, and lead us to possessing ourselves through that knowledge so one of the things we did this one we did most recently i think is the five big aspects test it's a like there's five personality traits that most psychologists will categorize people through is that right, John? Yeah, yeah. It's the five big aspects, and yeah, uh, and yeah, and it's kind of, kind of considered the gold standard of personality tests by psychologists around the world. I think, in general, that it's the five big aspects. And this particular one is by by whom? Uh, Jordan Peterson. Dr. Yeah, Jordan so, Peterson. So yeah, gold. So, 
gee, who, who would have thought that we would be hanging out thinking about Jordan Peterson, right? Right. That, yeah, he's one of our men. He's one of our mentors, right? We never met him, but he's got lots of good stuff he's helped us with. So, yeah. So, so yeah. This, so, go ahead, Peter. Now, these five big aspects are uh, agreeableness, conscientiousness, extra extroversion, neuroticism, and openness to experience. And uh, so, the way this test works, you go through and you you have like. I think this one was like, this is most like me on one end. And then this is like least like me on the other end. And it's like a scale of like one to 10 and you pick like a hundred questions. And um, the, the results I got were pretty funny. I mean, a lot of them, I was like, yeah, I could see that. And then that's how all these tests are for me. You're like, yeah, I could see that. I'm like, Oh really? And uh, I don't know how the results were for you, John. I mean, obviously, for agreeableness you probably weren't surprised were you <laughs> <laughs> well what's well, kind of so we can kind of talk about that peter's laughing about that because um the agreeableness scale it's like think of it like this folks there's a hundred people in the in a room sitting together i'm one <laughs> of those people as one of those people sitting in the room there's 97 people in the room that are more agreeable than i am so I'm like three percent agreeableness, <laughs> which is kind of funny, right? And I, I guess in a way, it sort of surprised me because I think of myself as kind of an, you know, easy to talk to type guy, a little gregarious, right? I, yeah. I do well in in with settings of people and parties and stuff fairly well, and uh, so I didn't think about that. But I'm I'm quick to argue about things too. So that's yeah. sort of where the disagreeableness thing comes in, right? So I'll be on the lookout for a conversation that I can dig into, right? And kind of tease it apart and figure out what's going on there. But uh, so, right. yeah, and I, I was kind of looking at like your agreeableness. And uh, so there's two parts of that, right? There's compassion and politeness. And I find right. yours. Like I'm kind of sitting down there in in the bottoms, right? Like John has, yeah. he doesn't even know how to agree with somebody. All he knows how to do is argue. Also, and, very not compassionate. Yeah, right. Like no compassion, zero guy. compassion. It's like <laughs> yeah. get up, wipe your nose off, and get back to work, dude. It's like don't be whining and complaining, right? Yeah. And, and you've seen that probably in certain things that I think about and talk about, right? So I'm very much about yeah. tough love a lot of times, and. Uh, and, uh, but if we look at yours, which is kind of interesting, you're like 50%. So you're like in the 50, you're right in the middle Average. overall with agreeableness, yeah. but you're like really high in compassion. Now this is really, I, you know, until tonight, when I looked at this, this is really interesting. So you're like 93%. You're, if there's a hundred people in the room, you're like more compassionate than 92 of them. I would never have guessed that. And I would venture to say that a lot of people that know me from like, I don't know, before I became a better person would also be very surprised by that and almost say it's a lie <laughs> because I never thought of myself in that light. And until I saw that and I started thinking about it and I was like, well, I guess I could see that. But that was one that was surprising for me as well. It's like, really? Mm. 
Yeah, well, what's kind of what's kind of funny about that though is you're only at four percent for being polite. <laughs> so you're down there in the bottom with me being polite. Yeah. So I don't know how you put together those two things. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It's like you're, I feel you're bad. You're an for impolite, you, compassionate man. You're 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 a very impolite, compassionate man, right? So it's like. Well, I guess a good example funny. of that is like my daughter today after her first gymnastics practice runs out of the ymca right and like i'm like slow down and then she immediately trips and falls and I'm, first thing out of my mouth is like are you okay and i pick her up and i hold her and i was like well i told you to slow down and then <laughs> and then she's like bleeding and she's wailing gnashing teeth right very loudly <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i'm like don't look don't look and then i'm like oh my gosh there's so much blood <laughs> there's like a little drop down there so like i guess that's a pretty good example of like the compassion politeness mix that i have yeah yeah so that that's kind of a, one of those surprising things uh what oh i so so a place that you and i are running pretty close to each other which is interesting this sort of makes sense right it's extroversion yeah that's yeah. so extroversion is one of the five big things and which means us enthusiasm and assertiveness. And we're both really high in that. So uh, like you're 97% in extroversion, I'm 98. You're 99% in enthusiasm. That means there's, it's like, I mean, it's like, like <laughs> when you're in the room, man, like you're vibrating, right? You're just about ready. To, it's like, the, you're so excited about what's going to be going on here that, yeah. so you're, you're at like 99% and then 85% in assertiveness. And then I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like at 98, 95, 98 again. So it's like, uh, that's kind of interesting. So I'm going to, we're going to we're going to very in a in a we're going to be really enthusiastic about asserting ourselves and making you do what we want you to do right that's kind of who we are <laughs> but we're going to be very happy about it at the same time because it's going to be a lot of fun because we're very enthusiastic about it right so what else is there that you see between the two of us which is kind of interesting you think um I thought that I was more open than I am. I'm like 61% mm. open to ex new experiences, but that's another area I was like, that's two, there's two uh, like subcategories. There's openness and intellect. And I think I put those number one numbers in backwards because my, the intellect is like uh, your interest in like abstract thinking, which mine is 28%. And then Oh, like, really? You put those yeah. in backwards? Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah, because I, I vividly remember being surprised. That, so like, you're actually 80, you're 84% in openness then. I'm not sure. I'll have to, let me look real quick. But I think that, um, I think that that's right. I don't know. You're, you, you, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems to me that you're pretty intellectually curious about things, though. I that's why I was surprised. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. We'll see. That's an openness. Yeah, I'm in the 61st percentile for openness. Um, 
Yeah, my intellect is moderately low. It says uh, 28th percentile. So I did put that backwards. Okay. And then okay. my openness is in the 84th. I'm 84% open. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was one well, of the surprises yeah. to me. Okay. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, I thought, but then when I really thought about it, I was like, yeah, I don't really like thinking about things that, thinking about thinking. I've always been lazy in that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's maybe Not that's really your seeing yourself. And so that's a good way to observe. Cause I've always been the opposite. I'm like, I'm really curious about stuff and want to figure out, well, how's that work? And why does it work like that? And, and let's try something new. It's amazing. Jim Hahn uh, showed us his, he's extremely high in openness. I, I forget he was sitting up around 90, 98%. Really? Which, yeah. Yeah. If you remember, he showed that to us a couple weeks ago and it's like, that's pretty crazy. Uh, so anyway, there's agreeableness, conscientiousness we didn't talk about, which is kind of interesting. So I'm like conscientiousness, kind of interesting there. I'm like uh, at 45%, which is kind of mid-range, but I'm very high in industriousness, but I'm low in orderliness. So I'm not very orderly. And that's true. Like I kind of leave a mess laying around, right? Really? But I like to jump into things and start projects and, and do things. So that would be kind of the industriousness, but I'm not very orderly, but I'm kind of looking at you. You're, um, yeah, you're just the opposite of me. Yeah. Look at that. Complete so opposite. you're like 76% in orderliness. So you're much more orderly than me. I don't, then, I don't see myself that way. You know, though, <laughs> like it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're not high in industriousness as much. Right. Very so, low. Uh, I was yeah. surprised with how low that is. A lot of mine are really extreme. Like I'm like agreeableness. It's like 93% and 4%. And then it's like most of mine are like that, except for yeah. extroversion. And then there's the last one, the neuroticism, withdrawal, and volatility. You're kind of high in that volatility thing. It's like, I got to remember yeah. that when I say something, when I'm not being very uh, agreeable with you, I got to remember you're kind of volatile. So you might like punch me upside the head or something. I'm very impolite. <laughs> so I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah. And you're impolite. <laughs> so with those combinations, like <laughs> tread easy around Pete if he's in a bad mood, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, so there's the five big aspects. And frankly, not, not that I'm a salesperson for, for uh, Jordan Peterson, if you go to a site, it's only like 10 bucks. Yeah. And it's really quite good to take that and kind of learn something about yourself. So as part of that, that idea of self-awareness, you know, who am I, how do I, how do I view things in the world? Right. So then, then another one that we've done um, is the disc profile and what's yeah. kind of cool about the disc profile. Uh, it's it disc stands for dominance, influence, conscientiousness, and steadiness. And these line up very well with the ancient temperaments. So there were some ancient temperaments. And for those of you that might be sitting out there on your computer, you can look that up. The ancient temperaments were uh, caloric, which is actually like dominance. Sanguine, which is like uh, the, uh, 
the I, which is influence, phlegmatic, which is steadiness, uh, which is like the, 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 the steadiness of disc, and then melancholic, which is detail orientation. And uh, so what's really interesting about the disc profile, you can use it a lot. I, I've, I've been using it since like 1994, and they're great. Really? It's great for, for team building for businesses. And you can really kind of like, you can actually use the disc profile to kind of figure out what kind of people you want working for you. Like, for instance, if you're, if you're going to get a bookkeeper, you don't want the bookkeeper to have a profile that looks like yours or mine, Pete. Right. They wouldn't do right. Well. I mean, I don't want to do a bunch of numbers and details, but there are people that really love that. Right. And that would be people like have a high C or conscientiousness. They're very satisfied with doing that kind of work. But the other thing that's really interesting about if you look at just the DISC circle that we're going there, the D and the I is on the top half. And you can kind of look at that, the top half of the circle, people who are high in D or I actually look at the world outside of them and they believe I can change the world. I can do things that change the world so that I can do what I want to do better. I, I'm going to go into the world and change it. And people who have, are high in the C and the S, they kind of say, I can't change the world, but I'm going to be really good at dealing with it, right? So I'm going to be very detail-oriented and figure out where things need to go and how things will work. Or I'm going to get along with people in a very steady way. So they're going to, I'm going to be able to manage very well what the world gives me, whereas the people on the D and the I side are kind of like, no, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to force it. In, in the D, the D is going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take my, my battle axe into battle and I'm going to make it do what I want it to do. And the I person is like, I'm going to schmooze it, man. I'm going to schmooze the world until it gives me what I want. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and if you look at them from the left to the right, you got the D and the C on the left side and you got the I and the S on the other side, the D and the C kind of see the world as kind of a, the world's a tough spot, man. It's a tough place. And you got to be tough in this, in this world. It's like dangerous. It's not, you know, it's, it's tough out there. So you gotta, you gotta arm up, be ready to, to go into battle on the INS side that those people are kind of like, you know what? The world's really pretty nice. It's pretty pleasant out here. So there's a completely different worldview with all these different pieces and parts, which is really, really pretty cool. Right. And once you get into this, so I've gotten to the point that I've done this so many times with people that I'm kind of thinking about Vince Brewster. I'm thinking Vince is somewhere down there in the S area, kind of S I probably. So just knowing who, who Vince is and what I, what I know about, but when I meet people now, I kind of look at them. I'm trying to say, okay, where are they fitting on the, on the disc profile? Right. And it's funny because, like, they don't always fit into those categories, even if they are. Like, Father Han's, like, a really high SC, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He, no, he's, he's the vocations director. So he's like, well, no, and, I am going to change the world, right? Well, it's... <laughs> or did that he, job choose him? <laughs> he, no, he's, he, he's, he's working it just the way that his profile would work. And that's really interesting because I'm going to move to this next slide here. And so on the left is Peter. That's where he sits in the disc profile. 
So Peter is in the I quadrant, very far on the outside of the circle, which means he's and and but he's very close to D too. So he's an ID. So Vince is saying, all I want to do is change roles. So maybe Vince is a D then. So Vince is like, he's going to get his battle axe out and go out there and like take care of business. Right. So thanks for that, Vince. So, but anyway, with your, uh, notice that we're about, we're a few degrees off. So I'm sitting over in that D location, right. Which sort of yeah. makes sense because that D area is kind of that dominance. It's kind of like, okay, the world can be a bad place, right? You gotta be, you gotta be able to, to get your battle gear on and get in there and fight it out. But I'm kind of close to the eye too. So I'm kind of like, you know, I've got some of that eye stuff going on, but I'm fundamentally like charging into battle, you know, fighting it out. And, uh, and then what's interesting about yours too, Peter, you got the, that shading going on there. So you got a, a wider, uh, range of temperament there that kind of reaches down into the S into the yeah. sea areas. Right. Have you seen so. two that look the same? Pardon? Have you seen two disc profiles that look the same ever? Yeah, yeah. Pretty. I mean, you you get pretty close. Mm. Um, I mean, this the, the fact that you and I are both like high DI area people. You know, it's like we're it's it sort of makes sense, right? Yeah, but but there's people like well Dan Boyden's up in there with us too, so Dan's right in that same area. Hmm. Yeah, so and 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 it makes sense, right? Like you know Dan, like so he's enthusiastic and like take charge and kind of moving out in the world, kind of guys. I'm going to change the world and to do it what 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 I need to have it done, right? So, and but Father Han, what's interesting if you look where I'm pointing there, like I'm on that D father Han is 180 degrees away from me. He's down there on that SC area. Oh, really? It's funny. So whenever father Han and I are working with the, uh, the vocations directors or the vocations, uh, the seminarians, we give them the disc profile. So they get to see that. So we're always talking about how father Han and I are absolutely opposite, but yet we work so well together. Yeah which makes sense because it's kind of like the idea of the, um, I mean, if you think about Corinthians um, 1, 13, uh, well, no, not, no, not that one, but let's say uh, St. Paul talked a lot about the, the, you know, the body. So there's, you know, the eye is, has a certain function and a leg and an arm, but we're one body, but we all fit together, but we have different functions and we should be doing the function that we're good at. Right. So that's kind of like when you look at these temperaments and how we're different from one another, we supplement one another and help each other in, in our own processes to supplement and help cover and help strengthen the whole body that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how it all fits together. Yeah. I don't, and yep. I think it's important to note that not any of these categories is really better than the other, but like you're touching on, it's like, Oh they no. Compliment all right. complement each other so well. And yeah. See, yeah. They like do. Covey, like Covey was saying, like, uh, like, oh, you see it different than me. Good. Because, like, what use is it if you agree with me? You know what I mean? 
Like you just yeah. are reinforcing what I already think. I'm not going to learn right. anything from this situation. Right. If you just tell me I'm right, you know? Yeah. Well, there was, there was a, uh, a, 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 something that was attributed to Abraham Lincoln that was said, somebody told me about this, but um, he was talking about somebody that was in his cabinet and he said, I don't like that guy very much. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to get to know him better. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, instead of being pushed away by people that we might find disagreement with, we should maybe be moving towards them. Right. Right. Figure out, cause that's telling me something about me and that that's really important stuff. So, uh, so then we get into the next um, one of these th things we've done is called the heart styles. So here's this is like number uh, three that Peter and I both had. And uh, heart styles is kind of cool because what's neat about heart styles, say the disc profile kind of says, OK, I have this sort of I have this temperament and. I can fit together. I'm good at doing certain things and other things I'm not, but heart styles looks at it from a, a completely different perspective. You might even say a Christian perspective of what we we're talking about earlier of becoming self gift. And I believe that heart styles is working on that realm. Now when it's time to become self gift, what's that look like? Right. And it's this concept of, I want to be behaving above the line so that I'm helping other people to become what they're going to be. So in this particular model, the above the line behavior that we want to sharpen and be better at is in the area of humility and love. So humility is kind of like being the, that person that God made us to be, right? Really discovering that and being authentic in that. Find, finding our identity that God the Father has created us with and then really being good at it. That's the inner, you might say, the inner, um, the inner victory in a sense like Covey even talked about. But that humility area is really understanding who we are. And then the love area is how I can take and project my energies to the other out there to help them become what they're going to be. So that's kind of that above the line. How am I behaving as a human being in terms of humility and love? And then the below the line behaviors are kind of driven by pride and then fear. And so as we're looking at this, these are Peter and I are looking he's Peter's on the left. I'm on the right. So, the, this is this particular one was, was called the benchmark. So it's where when Peter and I took this uh, profile, we were saying, ideally, I would like to be here on these. Right. So you can kind of see that for the most part, like Peter's maxing out on humility and love. Like he's just a little bit, so he's like maxed. I want to be the, the most humble man and I want to be the most loving man. Right. And I'm a little bit more, uh, down below that, I guess I don't have as high ideals for myself, but so I'm a little <laughs> lower in those things. And, um, but, but that's kind of the, but we're all, when we look at our ideal, we're, uh, we're, we're finding that we're not allowing pride in, in our ideal world. We're not letting pride or fear to drive our behavior. 
So in the ideal world, this is these this is how we would work. Well, yeah. How do we actually see ourselves then, right? Okay. So this is kind of interesting. So so yeah. now this is how we actually say, well, here's how we are. And you can see that uh, we're not nearly as good as we want to be, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, and uh, we're kind of driven. We see ourselves as driven in bad ways by, say, pride and fear, right? That's how we're actually seeing ourselves. And uh, it's kind of funny looking at this now after right after looking at that other one, like, I've got a lot of extremes. I've always, that's one thing that all of these tests and assessments, not tests, they're assessments and they show you things about yourself. That's one thing that they have revealed to me greatly is that I am just so intense and extreme about everything in my life. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when I'm trying to like figure things out. It's like, I am all the way. Yeah, right. Well, it's that, it's that extroversion. You know, you can see how that relates back to Jordan Peterson's five big aspects, right? So that's yeah. that extroversion, excitement, drive. It's like get moving, you know, that, that openness to experience all that stuff as you can kind of see it in your, in this profile. Now, what's next is here's how, so we each had three other people do this for us right so here's three of three people that know us pretty well this is the next one and so uh yeah so others are seeing us right so what's interesting about your others i found pete is like they're seeing you on the humility level a lot better than you're seeing yourself yeah. And also on the fear area, you are seeing yourself as being driven a lot by fear, but they're not seeing that in you. Yeah. And I had, so I had my mom, my dad, and my brother as my three other people. And they've, right. they, they know me pretty well. Right. Right. So it's funny. Cause like, I don't know. It, just like our perception of ourselves. That's the cool thing about this one is like, it'll change the perception of yourself. Like, and make you really think about it. Cause I think we have these paradigms of ourselves that we don't really evaluate ever. And it's just like, Oh yeah, I'm doing that just because of this. And then it's like a simple answer and it's like, just take it and then roll on. You know what I mean? Worry about something else that matters. And it's like, no, this stuff does matter. And that's kind of well, like one of the things that this shows you. Yeah. And that's, that's, so that's why this thing is valuable because it's kind of a little more granular, like the disc profile, you kind of take it and say, okay, I'm high D high I, but it's not like I need to do something about it. Right. But with, with the heart styles, with the way this, this profile set up, we want to be hitting high in humility and love for the other is at, in that self gift arena, right? We want to do that. Yeah. And so this has given us kind of some ideas of how to move in that direction. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and, uh, so anyway, that's, um, that kind of comes towards the end of the evening. And I, I'm surprised, man, it's like two minutes before the hours up here. And uh, yeah, that went pretty quick. Yeah, went so with lots lots of ideas in there. And another thing we I we didn't put up there, but there's another really good program out there called Optimal Work. 
by a, a psychiatrist out of Harvard by the name of Kevin Majors. And he's a Catholic man. He's come up with this really good uh, system called Optimal Work, where he's really helping people to understand how they can do better, right? Work better. And uh, really some really great stuff there. So it's uh, uh, so it kind of in in um, uh, in conclusion of this, why do we do these things again is to understand ourselves so that we can uh, be self-aware and then we can understand who we are and be and then possess ourselves. So we're not doing what we don't want to do and we're doing the things we do want to do so we can become that self gift to the other and it comes, I like to use this 1 Corinthians 13 uh, reading, which I think really kind of, it really gets down onto that. So, and it, and it, and it's, uh, it starts with, uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put the things of a child away. We now see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I have been known. And it's kind of like that, that goal in this process, moving above the line towards humility and love is about seeing ourselves as the other sees us, right? Understanding what that is. And it's the way God sees us. And, uh, so that's really an important part of this journey as being a Christian. Wouldn't you say, Peter? I'd say that's the, the key. So coming up again, uh, oh, um, next week, we're going to jump into John Eldridge. Uh, for those of you who don't know John Eldridge, he's, uh, uh, an evangelical writer uh, right, who writes about manhood uh, has written several books. The two of his best books, though, are Wild at Heart and then The Way of the Wild Heart. And so we're going to be diving into John Eldridge and trying to figure out what does he mean when he says that a man is made to have an adventure to live, a battle to fight, and a beauty to win. So we're going to get into that next week uh, coming up here again december 9th through the 11th we're going to be taking the men of wilderness outreach down to the saint martin de Poor's retreat center down the hawking hills and doing some work for those folks down there on december 17th we're going to be meeting up at the clear creek metro park and slam down 10 or 12 miles and a bunch of rosaries and some good prayer and brotherhood together and I think sometime in the in uh, coming up in uh, January, we're going to be doing a, a a winter man's camp down in the Tar Hollow somewhere. Oh, and just to let you know, uh, this past Saturday we were at the uh, uh, the the St. Thomas More Newman Center at Ohio State University. The Men of Wilderness Outreach went up there and took uh, took wood and axes and fire pits and a bunch of sausages and uh and cooked food and oh we took an altar up there and we celebrated mass father streitenberger celebrated mass for us and uh saturday morning at 9 a.m we were up there celebrating mass and then 
we cooked for the for the men, and then finally some young women showed up, and they watched the Ohio, Ohio State overcome those uh, those people over in Pennsylvania, Penn good State. Stuff. So, anyways, it was a blessed time. It was good to be there, and uh, it was a it was a good time to serve. And uh, so, uh, anyway, and until next week, we're gonna let's close with a prayer. And give me a second here. I'd like to find something that's say from, uh, let's say from the the day of maybe All Saints Day. Let's close with prayer from All Saints Day. Here we go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, today we rejoice in the holy men and women of every time and place. May their prayers bring us your forgiveness and love. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. <laughs>